Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I want to hear cannons. Outfield, ball to the five, touchdown Tampa Bay. My heavens, does it again. Fire the cannons, Bucks. It's first and gone. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have found their new offensive coordinator, former Kentucky and L.A. Rams offensive coordinator. Liam Cohen is the man for the job. We are here today on an emergency episode of the Cannon Fire podcast to break down the hire and everything you need to know about the newest member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coaching staff. Welcome back. I'm your host, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host from BucksNation.com, Evan Wanish. Plain and simple, Evan, the Bucs go out, they get their guy. Some people were nervous because all of the people that they interviewed came to town, left town, ended up going somewhere else. And a lot of people were asking questions, but before we had too much time to ask any more questions, the Buccaneers uh, looking to make this hire official. It's not 100% a done deal, but it is being reported by Ian Rappaport that uh, this should be the guy. What do you think? Yeah, you know, and, and I understand people being worried a little bit, but look, it, it's now been eight days since Dave Canales took the Carolina job. The Patriots just hired their offensive coordinator yesterday, and they haven't had a head coach for about three weeks. The Saints, still, they fired their offensive coordinator, I believe, the day after the season. They still don't have an offensive coordinator. So I understand fans, you know, getting a little worried. At the same time, though, uh, you know, it was only eight days. Uh, I know it seemed like, I think it was worse that guys like Kellen Moore Ken Dorsey, uh, Zach Robinson, Alex Van Pelt, they were taking jobs elsewhere. I think that's what made people feel a little bit worse about it. But, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, the Bucs didn't get to interview more Dorsey or Robinson, but, you know, they they might have felt that that Van Pelt wasn't the right guy for the job, and, and Liam Cohen was. So at the end of the day, you know, it, it's, their, it's their decision. Like you said, you know, they get their guy with – Obviously, a Baker Mayfield connection, and that was a theme throughout the thing, right? They interviewed Alex Van Pelt, who was the Browns' offensive coordinator when Baker was there. Uh, they interviewed Jake Peets, who was uh, also with the Rams, and then Liam Cohen, who, for obviously for a short period of time, very very short period of time, uh, but was with Baker Mayfield, so has some familiarity with Baker there. So, um, yeah, I, I do think that there's positives. Uh, there's obviously some unknowns, as he's never been a play caller. He has been in the NFL. He has been an offensive coordinator in the NFL but obviously with the Rams Sean McVay is that play caller so um we will see you know what type of system what type of tendencies he has I do think to be very similar to what Dave Canales brought to the table obviously there's going to be differences but um we have to wait and see you know how, how things transpire here yeah just to catch you up on what he's been up to in recent years Cohen ping pong between the University of Kentucky and the LA Rams the past several seasons after three seasons under Sean McVay in Los Angeles from 2018 to 2020 he went to college as the Wildcats offensive coordinator in 2021 after a one-year sabbatical he returned to Los Angeles as the Rams OC in 2022 and then in 2023 he returned to Kentucky uh, Kentucky pulling double duty as the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. His time with the Rams in 2022 should bode well 
for a reunion between the Bucks and quarterback Baker Mayfield. The signal caller spent five games in 2022 in L.A. under McVay and Cohen before inking a prove-it deal in Tampa in 2023, where he helped lead the Bucks to an NFC South title and postseason win. So there were some comments made this week by Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Baker Mayfield as far as re-signing in Tampa, and he said, well... It's kind of a wait and see. You know, we ultimately want to see who this new play caller is going to be, and that's going to play a huge factor. And Evan, if there's anything that this hire tells me, I mean, we already had the assumption before that Baker Mayfield was going to be back as the yeah. Bucks starting quarterback in 2024, but this is a hire that 100% says, hey, we're going to go ahead and roll with Baker. We have the familiarity, a guy who's worked with him before. Uh, it, let's see what happens. So, so now the Bucks find their new OC. Have a couple of holes to fill on that uh, on that coaching staff. Still, it'll be interesting to see if Cohen brings any guys with him. But at the end of the day, they they find their guy, and things are looking better for that consistency you were hoping for in this twenty four season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, you know there was some thought of promoting Thad Lewis. Uh, the Bucks interviewed Thad Lewis. I think. When Dave Canales took the Carolina job, a lot of people just assumed that it was going to be Thad Lewis. And, and I did, too. I thought he was going to be a leader in the clubhouse. But uh, clearly, you know, they want to go outside the organization. And, um, they, yeah, there is some semblance of continuity here. And, and yeah, while the expectation was 100% that Baker Mayfield was going to be back, uh, I, I think this this all but confirms, or at least, you know, confirms that the Buccaneers definitely want Baker Mayfield back, I should say. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, if, if – Contract negotiations can always go sideways, right? If Baker comes in with this lopsided number, then the Bucks are like, whoa, you know, things can can change quickly in the NFL, obviously. So, um, but yeah, I, I would say this hire definitely signals that the Buccaneers are a team that expects Baker Mayfield to be their starting quarterback in 2024. There was also some discourse about his departure from the Rams as their offensive coordinator at the end of that 2022 season. But let's not forget, that was the same year that, you know, Cooper Cup goes down with injury. Matt Stafford ends up missing the rest of the season as their starting quarterback. Like, that was they, a Rams they, team. They they had to sign Baker Mayfield. Correct. <laughs> Baker Mayfield got there on Tuesday, played Thursday. So that's how, like, the Rams were. And also, uh, Liam Cohen was never fired uh, f f from the Los Angeles Rams. Um, so it was actually a thing where Sean McVay wasn't sure if he was going to continue coaching. So McVay basically told his staff, hey, if you guys get opportunities elsewhere, I'm not going to stop you. And Cohen had an opportunity to return the to the University of Kentucky uh, to be their offensive coordinator yet again, and he took it. So it wasn't like he got fired due to poor performance. He just sort of moved on. Um, now, I do want to highlight what he did at Kentucky because he was the offensive coordinator there uh, two separate times. Of course, you know, the offensive coordinator – uh, for Kentucky and the quarterbacks coach for Kentucky in 2021. That was when Will Levis was at Kentucky. So, um, Kentucky's overall record was 10 and three, uh, and their points per game was 32.3, which ranked 36th out of 130 um, applicable uh, people or teams, I should say. Uh, and then the next year that he was the offensive coordinator was 2023. This past season where Kentucky didn't have as much talent. Uh, they went 7-6, and six, and the points per game dropped to 29.1, which was good for 58th of 133. So, um, the, you know, I, I do think, obviously, uh, you, know, you look at the talent, you know, deficiency that 
Kentucky had going from Will Levis to Devin Leary and and a couple other guys that they missed. Uh, I, I do think that matters. Um, I, I do like a, a tweet that John Ledyard had actually just put out a few minutes ago. Um, basically said, you know, quote tweeting the, the thing, uh, a little bit of an unknown as an NFL OC like Canales because he didn't call plays in L.A., but Levis played his best ball under Cohen. Baker likes him. Sister, system won't change a ton. His uh, play action schemes in college have been cash. Reputation is strong from what I've heard. Hard to not like it. So, I mean, there is some, you know, obviously John Ledyard, um, you know, Knows a lot of ball, right? And uh, you know, so that that's a pretty ringing endorsement there. And uh, you know, I, I do think there's there's obviously risk, right? Because this is a guy who's never called plays in the NFL before. But uh, I I do think there is uh, some definite upside with, uh, with with Liam Cohen here. Yeah, and I think the biggest takeaway too are going to be those similarities to to the offense Dave Canales ran last year. Like this isn't going to be a brand new offense that he's bringing in, and it's not going to be. A, a tall task for these guys to get adjusted to the new terminology and the new way of running things. Uh, he's been praised a lot of pre-snap motion. You just said high success rate on the play action, which is what the Bucks were getting better at doing under Dave Canales. Baker Mayfield was act, uh, asked at Pro Bowl practice today his thoughts and opinions on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers new offensive coordinator. This audio comes from Pewter Report. Here's what Baker had to say. With for one year in LA. Yeah, I think uh, out of all, you know, all the guys they interviewed, all the names I saw, a lot of good options. It's kind of hard. I don't understand how that thought process goes, but obviously um, got to work with Liam in LA. Great guy. Uh, really, really great guy. So if, if they lock that down for sure, it's similar system. Obviously, the same system, just some different terminology and how he wants to call things. But, uh, yeah, and that, there's something to say about that. We've talked to him in the offense for skill guys, uh, the offensive line. You know, so it's important to have them. They reached out to with them for one year. Baker Mayfield, also a last-minute addition to the Pro Bowl games this weekend, yeah. uh, finished as the top-performing quarterback in the precision passing competition last night, bringing home the win for the NFC side. But he, he seems to uh, to have a lot of positive things to say about Liam. And going back to my main point, the more consistency, the better on the offensive side of the ball. I think this is going to make it a hell of a lot easier to target and eventually sign these free agents that you still have to go get. Baker Mayfield still awaiting a deal. Mike Evans still awaiting a deal. It's going to be a lot easier for these guys to buy in if they know what they're getting themselves into. Yeah, 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 obviously, you know, that's that's a big factor. Um, you know, and I, I think Baker even said last night during the 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 uh, games or whatever that uh, basically, you know, it depends. It, it sort of depends on, you know, who the offensive coordinator is right now. You know, he didn't really know. So, um, yeah, I, I do think that that, that definitely matters. And uh, San Antogato uh, in the chat says, Canales never called plays before either till we got to Tampa. That's true. Canales was also a risk, though, you know, that risk paid off. So it, it's always risky. You know, some guys are Dave Canales. Byron Leftwich also didn't call plays either before he got to Tampa. So some guys are Dave Canales, some guys are Byron Leftwich. So it, it, it doesn't really, you know, it can go either way. It, it really can. So uh, it still is a, a risk, uh, you know, getting a guy who hasn't called plays. But, you know, I think I've actually said this on James's channel, you know, because we are talking about uh, who they've interviewed and stuff. And I'm like, 
you got to start somewhere, right? Like, like, like the, these coaches, like they, they have to start somewhere. He has play calling experience, just not in the NFL. And I think that's a boost as well. Um, and then Al Bundy also says in the chat, college stats don't matter unless you were an elite coach. Th- that That's largely true. Like there is no real correlation, you know, between college success and the NFL success. Uh, it just provides a little bit of context on, you know, the success uh, that that Kentucky's uh, offense had uh, with him. Now, I mean, I will say here's the difference here: 2021, right? I mentioned 32.3 points per game, 36th, you know, of, of 130. Uh, 2023, 29.1 points per game. That's 58th. The year that Liam Cohen was with the Rams, 2022, Kentucky was had uh, 20.4 points per game. That was 112th. Um, so th- they went downhill the year before Cohen got there. He was 21.8 points per game. That was 108th. So the two years that Cohen was there, they were both in the top 100. The first year he was there, they were in the top 40 of the nation. So, um, clearly something right. And 2022 also, they still will love us there too. And, and they were still struggling. So, um, you know, I definitely think that's another feather, feather in his cap as well. And, uh, we will see, you know, how, uh, how things shake out. Yeah, just to bring up that 2022 season with the Rams as well when he was working with Sean McVay, uh, the Rams were 3-8, and eight, and at one point he did end up calling plays for that offense. Uh, Sean McVay turned over play-calling duties there at the tail end of the season. And uh, again, I don't know how well it ultimately worked out because he ends up leaving, taking a job with Kentucky. And I remember there was a lot of discourse about his departure from L.A. because I, I think... A lot of people were curious just what happened with that relationship, what ended up going wrong. Well, but again, at well, three you, and eight, you also you kind of have to remember this is a chance to call plays. Yes, right. He wasn't. He wasn't going to consist. He probably wasn't getting that chance in twenty twenty three with the LA Rams. Yeah, like he. He probably it's a place he's familiar with in Kentucky, and it's a place he can call plays. So it does. It's more power event essentially. Yeah. When the Rams were three and eight, headed into Kansas City Week Twelve, Sean McVay gave up play calling, handing off duties to Liam Cohen. McVay wanted to see if seeding control could ease some stress, and at 3-8, and eight, the Rams really had nothing to lose by trying it out. The Rams eventually lost that game to Kansas City 26-10, gaining just 198 total yards, their second lowest total of the season. Clearly, delegating play-calling duties wasn't the answer, but context here is important. I said it before. I'll say it again. This was a depleted Rams team at the tail end of that 2022 season. Matt Stafford was already out for the season. Cooper Cup was not playing. And if I remember correctly, their offensive line was pretty busted up as well. So trying to find anything at all to make happen on the offensive side of the ball, it was it was tough. And that's what made uh, Baker's performance there at the tail end of the season all that much more impressive because he was he was throwing to he was throwing to janitors out there and in second and third string guys who really you didn't think were going to be playing at that point. Um, so despite the effort to let Cohen call plays, Sean McVay realized that allowing someone else to handle the play calling was not the solution. Kevin DeMoff, the COO of the Rams went on to say that he believes McVay's decision to let Cohen play calls made him quote, even more miserable. So, so that doesn't sound super, uh, super exciting, but again, I context, mean, that, that, context I, I just think that's Sean McVay's a football nut. So right. right yeah. I just, I just think he just, he needs that, you know? Yeah, we already mentioned, you know, three separate times that the Rams had nothing to lose. When you're three and eight and you're about to play Kansas City on the road, uh, it's a tough atmosphere. But they did give him a crack at calling plays. So he has 
I guess four quarters of, of play calling experience in the NFL, but it is a risk. Just like you said, uh, hopefully it is something that pays off like Dave Canales did last season. And Baker also said that, you know, Liam's not going to be quite as fiery as a guy like Dave Canales was, but he, he he's really, really good at, at connecting with his players. And, and that's what you want the most. You want a coach that can come in here, establish important relationships with some of his best players on the offensive side of the ball and then put those guys in the best position to succeed. And I think if you've got Baker Mayfield, and especially Mike Evans coming back, that's going to be the perfect blueprint to figure out some even more even more folds in this offense that maybe we didn't get a chance to see under Canales in, in 2023. Yeah, I'm interested to see, you know, the the play action work, you know, if you know uh if it translates, right? If it translates to what he had success with in college. Uh, because Baker, like historically, it was actually I forget his exact numbers on play action this year, but it was actually down compared to his is actually you know career, um, his career averages on play action. So uh, I, I know the ease in the chat. I, a few people have mentioned that yeah, we, we're we're talking about calling plays the NFL. It's it's completely different. Uh, he has never been an NFL play caller. So um, yeah, but I you know. It, his his numbers with play action this year were actually worse than like what he normally is. He's normally much better with play action. So I'm curious to see you know if they try and um, you know if they try and work that in a little bit more, get Baker a little bit better on play action because I think that's you know ultimately you know where he thrives. And again, you know this hire shows that they want to stay committed to the run game, right? That they want to sort of finish what they started with Dave Canales, right? And, and you're you're basically. It's almost like you're you're in the middle of a, a TV show season and you're almost near the finale and you have to replace one of the main characters. And it's not easy, right? It's not going to be easy. At the end of the day, it is going to be somewhat of a new offense, right? There's going to be a new voice in there. There's going to be some getting used to it for sure. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, you still want to get to that end goal. And I think that end goal is finding balance, finding an offense that uh, is, is explosive, but also is is a modern-day offense that uh, can run the football effectively. And, and we saw that glimpses of that this past season. Um, and, and we will see if maybe during the beginning of the season, maybe it's not so good because you're kind of – starting over a little bit with some mm -hmm. different running schemes that you might have to get used to, but uh, hopefully, you know, they can figure it out pretty quickly and, and the offense can get rolling a little bit quicker than it could with a guy like Dave Canales. Yeah. I think the similarities in the scheme are, are going to help this offense not have to take eight to 10 weeks to really find their rhythm. You hope within the first five weeks, like, yeah, there's going to be some growing pains. Do not get me wrong. This is the third time in three years the Bucks have a new offensive coordinator. Uh, so there's going to be some growing pains. But I think we've said it before. A guy like Baker Mayfield, he just needs stability. And, you know, from the Bucks' point of view, this hire tells me we're going to try our best to give Baker that stability. And, and they believe in him uh, for 2024. One more bit of information here. This is from Scott Reynolds over at Pewter Report. He says that my sources with the LA Rams say that Cohen is akin to Dave Canales and that he is, quote, happy, smiling, and intentive. I'm sorry, inventive is the word, not intentive. Uh, I'm sure he is intentive as well when he shows up to work. He was the Rams' first choice to replace Kevin O'Connell as the offensive coordinator in 2021, but he wanted to call plays, and head coach Sean McVay is LA's play caller. The hiring of Cohen checks a lot of boxes for the Bucks and what the team was looking for to run the offense, one of those being that Liam Cohen has worked with Buccaneers quarterbacks. Baker Mayfield spent the last five weeks of the 22 season in L.A. 
starting four games in place of injured starter Matthew Stafford. Cohen was the Rams' offensive coordinator in 2022, replacing Kevin O'Connell, who left to become the Vikings' offensive coordinator. One of the things that the Bucs were hoping to avoid with Dave Canales' replacement was having to break in a rookie play caller all over again. The Bucs did interview several candidates that did not have any previous play calling experience, but former Browns OC Alex Van Pelt, former Eagles OC Brian Johnson, and Kentucky OC Liam Cohen did have experience calling plays. Cohen called plays for the Wildcats in 2021 and 23, working with QBs Will Levis and Dennis Leary. Kentucky averaged 29.1 points per game last year, which ranked 58th. I believe you said that already. In 2021, the Wildcats offense averaged 32.3, ranked 36 out of 133 FBS schools. Last but not least, Liam Cohen can help with the Buccaneers' 2024 draft prep. The fact that Liam Cohen spent two recent years in the college ranks at an SEC school like Kentucky can also help the Bucs with their draft preparation. The Kentucky Wildcats have a few prospects this year, led by running back Ray Davis, uh-oh, who ran for 1,129 yards and 14 touchdowns while averaging 5.7 yards per carry in his lone season at Kentucky. Kentucky linebacker Trevin Wallace, who also had a solid week at the Senior Bowl this week, is considered to be an early day three prospect after his three-year career where he produced 166 tackles, 18 tackles for loss, 10 sacks, three interceptions, and two forced fumbles. It's actually a pretty damn impressive season for a linebacker coming off of his best season where he had 80 tackles, eight and a half tackles for loss, five and a half sacks, an interception, and a forced fumble for the seven and six Wildcats. So the connections that this guy has within the SEC, the eye he has for talent, you also hope can be a factor when it comes draft time. The Bucs could be in the market potentially a wide receiver, potentially a running back, potentially a linebacker. We have to wait and see how free agency shakes out. Uh, but according to Scott Reynolds and, you know, even better news for a lot of people who were not familiar with Liam Cohen before today, he, he's checking all the boxes and, and that's exactly what you like to see. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, um, I do think the, the fact that, you know, he's coming from college, right. And, and he's gotten a closer look and, Look, I know the Bucs scouts and everything have been working on this, on this the entire year for sure. But it's just another perspective, you know, a coach's perspective that uh, especially, you know, playing in Kentucky, um, you, you're not playing in some you know random division like you're playing against some some big schools there. And uh, it's like some of the biggest in the in the nation. And, um, you know, you're going up against NFL quality talent and, and you're able to see you know, their weaknesses, their strengths. And I do think that they, um, you know, I, I do think that they could use that perspective on things of, okay, you know, what do you think of this guy? Well, you know, this and this. Um, so I, I do think that's a bonus, you know, like it's a good point to bring up that, that he could help there uh, with the draft just to give some more input. You know, I think GMs and scouts are always looking for, for more input, you know, and trying to find and gather as much information as they possibly can. So, um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, yeah, Ray Davis definitely could be a, a guy that if the Bucks wanted to find a compliment to Rashad White, uh, another guy, I mean, Cam Akers is a possibility. He was in L.A. with Cohen for a little bit. Um, so, I mean, I know he's injured right now. He had a pretty serious injury. I'm not sure if he's going to be 100% ready for the season, but um, we will see. I, I believe the Bucks might have had some interest in Cam Akers before uh, when the Rams traded him to the Vikings, uh, but we will see. Um, but And I, I do think that – and I, I'll – 
look at some friends and stuff and make some connections there. But yeah, the, the connections that you mentioned that Cohen may have in the college ranks, I think may actually be um, an interesting uh, little addition here for the Bucks. Another member of that Sean McVay coaching tree lands a job, and this time it is the newest offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know it was a short show today, but an emergency podcast. Just wanted to get you guys up to speed on what this guy brings to the table and what exactly to expect from the Buccaneers offense. And, I mean, even what this means for free agents potentially re-signing, who's going to be back. Uh, but I, I think with a move like this, it is it is 100% going to be one way or another Baker Mayfield is your starting quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2024. Evan, any final thoughts before we wrap this thing up? Yeah, you know, honestly, I, I think they they hired uh, one of the the best guys for the job. Um, I, I I really do. wasn't crazy about Alex Van Pelt. wasn't even crazy about Jake Peets. Um, so I I do think that they they hired the you know, and we'll see if they hired the right guy. Right. I don't know if they hired the right guy. We'll be able to figure that out, you know, 10 months from now, whether they, they hired the right guy. Uh, but I, I do think there's some positives here. And look, I mean, it's one where Todd Bowles has to nail it again, you know, and, and he did it once. He can do it again, but it's easier said than done, you know, because it, he has to nail. It and if the offense doesn't, you know, if he doesn't nail it, Todd Bowles might be looking for another job. And, you know, we will wait and see. But uh, I do like, you know, taking a chance on a guy because, if, like I said, eventually, um, you do you do it to start somewhere in the NFL ranks, and he has experience calling plays in college. I'm curious to see how that translates uh, to the NFL. So, um, yeah, I, like I said, I I do think that they different they definitely um, have have hired you know the the well also from the right tree right because you, that, that that McVay tree. I I think you're looking, you know, I mean, you find a lot of guys there, right? I mean. It's well, it's evident. It's a pretty impressive list. It's evident the Bucks were hungry for some sort of fruit from that McVeigh tree because Al Bundy yeah. brings it up in chat. The Bucks interviewed three offensive coaches from the LA Rams who have worked extensively with Sean McVeigh. So uh, hopefully this pays off. And like you said, I think they got their guy. We'll find out if he's the right guy. But uh, I, I think this is going to be a higher kind of like Dave Canales, where as the months go by, it'll grow on people. You know, a lot of people were saying the same thing about Canales when the Bucks hired him from Seattle last season. They were like, who the hell is this guy? And then when he takes the Carolina job, you would have thought we just lost Bill Walsh from from our offensive <laughs> uh, offensive staff. Um, so uh, so I'm excited to see what happens, and I'm excited that the Bucks get to set their quarterback up for the stability he has yet to have at at, at the NFL level. S- I, some, somewhat, somewhat stability, I would somewhat. say. I mean, yeah. they the, the, the perfect could. stability would be, you know, Dave Canales yeah. is here. But, um, yeah, some, I think given the circumstances, they did probably the best they could. Um, given the circumstances that they were given, uh, put in a tough spot, you know, I really put, put in a tough spot. I don't think, I don't think many people expected Dave Canales uh, even in that building uh, to get a, a head coaching job. I think th- they eventually knew that was coming, but eventually is the key word. I don't really think they th- they thought that uh, Dave Canales is going to be getting a head coaching job after just one season. So um, 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I do think given the circumstances, given everything that went on, I do think they did, you know, the, the best job they could. And they feel that they've hired the, the, the best guy for the job. And I don't think they would have hired him if if uh, they didn't feel that that Liam Cohen was the best guy for the job. So, um, yeah, definitely. Uh, like I said, definitely some some positives here. Um, and, uh, yeah, we all have to wait and see. And, um, you know, like I said, I do think, though, this one. This one sparks a bit more intrigue, a bit more optimism for me than a guy like Jake Peets or a guy like Alex Van Pell would have. So uh, I, I definitely think, like I said, time will tell. And I think the frustrating thing, though, is now after spending an entire offseason talking about, well, we don't know exactly what this offense is going to be, so it's hard to predict. We have a sort of an idea of what this offense is going to be, but at the same time, we kind of don't. And it would have been nice, obviously, to have that continuity where, like, you know what to expect out of Dave Canales. You know his tendencies. You know this. You know that. Uh, and now we're going to have to go through another offseason where you're like, yeah, the offense could be good, but it could also flame out, you know, because we don't exactly know uh, 100% what's going to happen. So uh, we will have to wait and see how it goes. But I, I do like the, the, the higher Liam Cohen. Given the names that were out there, that they interviewed, um, I do think he was one of, if not the best guy, you know, for the job. If I'm not mistaken, I think the Bucks hired nine different guys for this position. Yeah, they yeah, they, they interviewed nine. Uh last year they interviewed ten before landing on Dave Canales. This year they interviewed nine. There it is. So the Buccaneers find their guy, Liam Cohen, the newest offensive coordinator. For the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you guys for hanging out. At one point, we had almost 150 people on here for a short notice emergency podcast. Hopefully, we were able to uh, bring you everything you need to know about the newest offensive coordinator for Tampa Bay. Find the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And, of course, Tampa Bay Buccaneer news as it happens, just like this move today. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL. And check out his written work at BucksNation.com. You got anything going on this week? Uh, not really planned, but I may look at some free agents, maybe with some Liam Cohen connections or something, see uh, what could be possible fits. So maybe I'll list three or four free agents there. So keep an eye out. I did just post, uh, and we will have a video about this eventually, but I did just post the free agent priorities. Uh, so if you want to get a little sneak preview of what that video will be, um, you can go over to BucksNation.com right now and, and read that. But uh, listing five guys and, and just sort of ranking them and what like what I would personally you know, prioritize them in re-signing. So go check that out on BucksNation.com right now. Also be on the lookout for more video content coming soon here on the Cannon Fire Podcast YouTube channel. We have started diving into position reviews uh, with Evan and James. So be on the lookout for those videos dropping over the weekend and into next week, maybe even the week after that. We've got so much content going on for you guys, and it is an incredibly exciting time. Last but not least, you can find myself on social media, Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back, but that's the show. We will talk to you guys soon with more Tampa Bay Buccaneer news. I'm your host, Rhett Matthews, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. We'll talk to you in the next one. Until then, and as always, thank you for listening, and go Bucks. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.